0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 114 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis, but also with Katie Addis. Hey, Katie. Hi, Katie. Glad Hi, to Sarah. all be together. Hi, uh, Megan. So exciting. I know. So longtime listeners, you guys know Katie. She comes on the show about once a month with me, usually in a segment at the very end of the program, to talk about new mom stuff. But today's topic is breastfeeding. And Katie is the closest to that experience in that she is still doing it with baby number two. Um, So we thought it would be fun to have a three-way conversation. So um, I want to set up today's topic real quick. If you're a brand new listener, you might not have heard our other shows in this series, but this is part of a series that we like to call Things We Shouldn't Have Freaked Out About. (laughs) And that's when we kind of look back and reminisce about how seriously we took things and how much we kind of fretted over things as a newer mom, and maybe offer some perspective with that hindsight for those of you who are in that phase. And by the way, we all worry about stuff. Megan and I are worried about stuff right now. I'm worried don't... about it all the time. <laughs> we just don't have the hindsight yet. So, right. this episode is all about those things that we freaked out about in the breastfeeding time of our motherhood life that maybe we could have lightened up a little bit about and we'll share some of those and some of the some of the things that we've learned with that hindsight. So, this is going to be fun. Katie, we're ha- happy to have you here. Our Thank official you. nursing mom.
2: Yes, I am. I am a, a breastfeeder. I almost feel like I want some, <laughs> some lactation cookies to munch on. Yeah, Right, yes, right <laughs> now.
0: Right now, uh, that's my supply. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor.
1: That's code MOMHOUR5050 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active.
0: Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. So we have all sort of made note of things we shouldn't have freaked out about quite so much in our breastfeeding days. And Megan, I'm going to have you start. We'll just kind of go around the table, Megan, then me, then Katie. And I'm sure we'll have lots to say about each of these. So Megan, why don't you kick it off?
1: Just like you want me to talk about the things that I didn't want to freak out about, or shouldn't have freaked out about, or do you want me to just give my experience, like a, pick, in a nutshell? Well,
0: you can get, you can give your experience in a nutshell. <clears but> okay. <throat> I was going to say pick one, pick one, pick one, and we'll, we'll, we'll round robin. It. Got it. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, I evidently was not paying attention during the uh, portion of the class where you were doing the <laughs> the lecture. Um, okay. So I, have, as you guys all know, I have five kids, and I breastfed them all. I will say my youngest or my oldest. I'm sorry, I did not breastfeed very long, and we had a really rough start. We got off to a really rocky start with breastfeeding, uh, but I got it together with my second, and um, I would say I had a pretty successful run. I had nursed pretty long, um, on average, about two, two years and some change. Um, I guess if you throw Jacob in there, it kinda of brings it down a little bit, but with the other four, it was around two and two years and some months. Um, and I was a nurse around demander type. I, I co-slept. Um so I think my experiences are gonna look a little different from Sarah's and maybe Katie's, which is cool because it, yeah, it can just kinda run the gamut. So here's one thing I'm gonna say, and this was like anathema to the uh, the ladies I was hanging with <laughs> at the time when Isaac Forward were born. So with Jacob used a pacifier. Um okay none of my other kids did or would. And I wish I had introduced it earlier because I was really worried about it. In fact, with some of them, I don't think, I think like on principle, I never did. Um, and I think with like Owen and Clara, I kind of meant to and didn't get around to it. And I had horrible nipple pain, horrible. Um, with I can relate with that. Three of my five kids. And with Clara, she was hospitalized. And so she ended up not nursing very often for the first like- five or six days she you know I was pumping and feeding her that way but she was also sleeping for long stretches of time and um and actually sedated for a day because she was in the NICU and uh I never got sore nipples So I really think there was something to not, I mean, I had like barracuda babies and they had extremely strong, strong sucks. I'm fair skinned. Um, I'm sure there was some bad latch stuff going on too, but you know, it's really hard not to eventually slip into bad latch when you're nursing constantly and you're exhausted and everything hurts. Like it's just really, I mean, you know, I've heard from so many people, well-meaning who will say if your latch is right, it won't hurt. And I'm sorry, that is That's bunk. Sometimes your latch can be perfect and it still hurts. And with me, it hurt like a lot, a lot, a lot with my middle three kids. And so then when, when with Clara, it didn't hurt at all. I thought, well, what is the, you know, what is the thing here? And with Jacob, it never hurt. And the difference was Jacob took passies and Clara was taking a lot of bottles in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I don't wish I'd use bottles earlier with my kids because that's just a huge hassle. If you don't have to, I don't recommend (laughs) it. Um, But I do, you know, I kind of wish I hadn't put myself through so much anxiety about pacifier use and i really don't know many people maybe any people who really had nipple confusion to the point that they their baby was unable to nurse i think you have to be careful about it i think you know you can't just like shove a pacifier in their mouth every time and think that they're gonna get um They think they're going to get the hang of it. But I think there's like a lot of fear built up around pacifier use. And I have known so many moms who successfully have nursed and used pacifiers and like they get a little break and like their babies sleep longer and they are more able to do things like go for long car rides without losing their minds. And there was just that was something I never had with most with four of my babies.
0: And you can also, even in the newborn days, you can pass baby off who's fussing to somebody else for just a a couple of minutes. Right. Um, Even if your intention is is to feed them in a few minutes just to have that pacifier to pacify them. Right. The soothing factor is huge. I'm thinking about how random some of these first encounters are with our providers, like our pediatricians, the lactation consultants, because I know, Katie, you mentioned like you got scared into one way of thinking from a lactation consultant. I, I actually had a pediatrician with the opposite who said in the hospital, I have never seen a baby get true nipple confusion from moderate pacifier use. And I, I remember I that would've... very clearly. And he said, and now, granted, maybe if a mom was really committed to exclusive breastfeeding, he might not have been the most supportive one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so He might have been on one extreme, but I remember in the hospital kind of asking him or worrying and him looking at me and very clearly saying, I've been a pediatrician for 25 years and I've never seen newborn pacifier use cause major nipple confusion. Now, I, there may be people and studies out there to to... Um, refute that, But I guess my point is it's such a chance encounter that I didn't worry about it because someone just told me at the beginning not to worry about it. But oh, that's, it's. Yeah. A, well, and I, I think I had heard
2: that from an expert from, yeah. from the get go, because anecdotally, I heard exactly what Sarah's saying, that pacifier use is not going to prevent a healthy nurser. Um, but every single expert out there, whether it was in the medical field or a lactation consultant or a- anybody else was telling me, oh, no, you need to wait it until at least, I, I want to say it was like eight weeks or three months. It was yeah. something very Yeah. Far away,
1: <laughs> yeah, very far. It feels very far away, and you know, their baby, your baby, unless your baby is really motivated, is probably not going to want to bother at that point. And right. I, and I feel like there's this purism about this stuff. You know, I've worked in media, so I've worked in with publications. I've kind of gotten the back like the behind the scenes view of why, how those magazine articles are created. And I've also worked in the medical field and I've worked with childbirth experts or childbirth experts and medical experts and nursing experts. And I think what ends up happening is like something becomes the new trend or the new touted piece of wisdom. And then everyone just jumps on board Mm -hmm. and there's this real fear around uh, qualifying or giving people too much freedom to make their own choices. It's like they're covering their own butts. So they have to say that because they're trying to get the outcome right but I'm looking at this thinking gosh you know I was really really dedicated to breastfeeding so I stuck it out had I not been with those three middle babies like if I'd been kind of on the fence I wouldn't have it was so painful and I was so so, exhausted so I just feel like it I I think it's one of those things that can really do the opposite of what you want yeah and in theory it makes sense I guess because you're trying to get the best outcomes but in practice I think it just leads to more people giving up and that's too bad
0: yeah I totally agree um And I'm really glad you brought up the nipple pain because that one directly wasn't on our list, but it's obviously something that's experienced. And the NICU, it was just because you had longer in between and just more breaks, yeah. that you weren't, the, you weren't the human pacifier?
1: Yeah, so that was what was happening for the first yeah. three or four days, which is usually when my milk came in, usually is when the, yes. the, the nipple soreness would really start in earnest. And when my milk came in, I was using a pump. And with a pump, you can control the speed, you can control how strong the suck is, and the you can control position. how long, yeah. you, the position, how long you do yeah. it, and all that stuff. So I'd feel like a little pain, and I'd move yeah. and do it again, and it was fine. And I wasn't holding a baby on my boob, like hours at a time the way i was with the other babies yeah. and it just it was vastly different and i just because i had a pretty strong sample size to pull from yeah. five kids <laughs> the one on one end that takes a passy no yeah. nipple pain the one on the other end who's mostly bottle fed for the first like you know five or six days no pain the what yeah. the three in the middle that are just nursing on demand terrible pain yeah. Yeah. so i mean I, I guess it's not scientific but it's not hard to draw some conclusions yeah. no i
0: absolutely agree Um, okay, so we'll move on and I'll do my first one. Um, and this is fast forwarding past the brand new nursing baby to about three or four months. And, um, I feel like at three or four months, I'd kind of gotten the hang of it. I had what I believe to be the routine down. Um, I was still the first time I was still very structured about like how much time on each breast and alternating, and we can get into how that can become a little too rigid as well. But what happened with my babies is all three of them went through a pretty extreme reduction in the time they spent on the breast like going from 15 to 20 minutes per side which is of course what you're told is a full feeding Right. which again that I mean even that is so individual for every mom and every baby but you kind of get attached to these recommendations what I thought was you know maybe 10 or 15 but I for sure was shooting for like 15 minutes a side and that is you know they're long nursers in the beginning and then somewhere around four months all three of my babies went to really fast nursers. I mean, like five minutes a side, or sometimes (laughs) only wanting one side. Um, And the first time, it really threw me. I mean, I think I, I misidentified it as a nursing strike. I misidentified it that she was... not wanting it at all. When what I found out later and, you know, lactation experts out there, maybe you can verify. um, But what I was told later by an expert is that your body gets much, much more effective at producing the nutrients they need. So even, even if ounce for ounce, it's a little bit less, it's a more efficient delivery of what they need. And they also get so much stronger in their latch and their sucking that they're getting it faster. So maybe for my body, it seemed in my memory, it was very extreme. Like we went from 15 mm. minutes to 20 minutes aside to these really quick nursing sessions, and it probably wasn't quite that extreme, and that's just the way I'm remembering it. But I really had no idea that that would change, and I really thought there was something wrong. And I would sit there and force my baby to either try to relatch, or you know, now oh, looking yeah. back, what I could have done <laughs> other than maybe ask an expert, but what I could have done is just you know offer both sides like you're supposed to like let them nurse as long as they will on the first side offer the second side if they don't take it not a big deal start on that side next time um but again all three of us here know that if you're looking at a growing baby who's healthy who's you know sleeping and eating in the same regular patterns i wish i would have just known that it's just This is just the way it goes. Like they become more, I don't know if you guys experienced that, but I'm sure there are other moms out there who have. And I just, I strived so hard for those kind of epic sessions and nobody told me they'd get shorter. So,
1: yeah, it's, I think in my, in my group, um, it was understood that there was differences, but I almost feel like those epic sessions were somehow like revered as <laughs> like, yeah, there was something very achievement oriented about like the longer you nurse, the more you spend with a nipple in a baby's mouth, like the better you're doing. And so I probably went about it a little bit differently than you. I probably wasn't, I've never really been super tied to clocks in that way or timing, yeah. but I bet I, I'm sure I was happier when they nursed longer, which wasn't right. always, you know, conducive to my
0: lifestyle. <laughs> Right. So you thought you were yeah. producing Popeye baby. exactly? <laughs> like feeding exactly. them their spinach, right? Um, yeah, I, yeah. And my baby, my first baby, was a super chunker, gaining weight right on schedule. I just didn't look at anything else other than why doesn't why does she want to be done? And instead, I should have thought, oh, I have another ten minutes of my life to right. move on and do stuff. But if you don't
2: have a super chunker, though, I remember with Anna Lee, who was a petite. I mean, she was a big baby, but then plateaued very quickly. Uh-huh. In those early days, your sole focus is feeding that baby in whatever Mm -hmm. way, shape, or form you plan to do that, whether it be formula or breastfeeding. And so if there's anything amiss, that's all you can think about and assess over. And you don't see the incremental growth that other people who see your baby, let's say, every week or something can identify. So I remember checking with all my relatives, asking so do you think you think she's getting bigger? Oh you yeah! Think, I mean, yeah. literally, I was so paranoid about. But then, like to your point, Sarah. Um, we forget that our bodies are so sophisticated in offering the supply right. that is demanded. Yeah. And it just goes back to that
0: economic yeah. principle. Yeah, And, and
2: you know what also in this culture, like chubby babies
1: are so like revered and praised and moms are praised for having chubby babies. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's, if you don't have a chubby baby, I could see, and all mine were super chunkers. Um, But oh, if they so aren't, cool. I can imagine how you'd be like, well, what about my baby? Like, Like, my petite little baby, which now when I have friends who have petite babies, I'm so jealous because they can carry them around like in one arm and I always had to...
0: basically and have like say, a, the little ones they stay a little longer when they yeah. get to be about nine months which we've talked about is like one of my favorite ages um they're still light you could still like when they get to be a year or yeah. you know a year and a half they're still like then you still get your baby longer i don't know there's yeah what are cons. what are those
1: things that they wear like at home depot when they lift stuff like the, <laughs>
0: like you know the that, back support the the back,
1: the, yes. i practically needed one of those for my, all of my babies when they were little so you know that i can see where it was kind of nice to get that affirmation but at the same time, I think it would be nice to affirm moms who have more petite babies like, hey, you're
0: feeding yep. them, too. Yeah. You're also keeping your baby alive. Good for you. Yes, absolutely. And it's <laughs> like humans like right. we know that. And we all have older kids now. We know that body types are just different with kids, right? with adults. And as long as, you know, as long as. Your provider, and hopefully you like your provider, is assuring you that your baby's on track for them. Although I think that's a can of worms, because I think providers can cause a lot of anxiety too if you don't find one that works for you. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't know where we went with that, but I, I did want to bring that one up because it was unique to me. But I can't, I can't be the only one. And I do believe that there's a lot of things that are normal or ranges of normal, and I think it is normal to have. Your nursing sessions get shorter over time because your body gets more efficient and your baby gets more efficient at getting you right. need. So if there's no other concerns, just enjoy the efficiency. So, okay, you want to do one of yours? Okay, sure.
2: So I am so glad I am past this hump because this was quite the the obstacle. So I um, struggled with nursing prop overload in those early days. So let me clarify what that means. So, I mean, you all friends out there know you have the boppy, you have the, my breast (laughs) friend, you have the, you know, whatever couch cushion. um, And I had them all. (laughs) So like, in tandem, like together, <laughs> I would use. I would use the my breast friend prop up the my breast friend with a pillow beneath. Like literally, I would need a team. It seemed to even prepare me. Like somebody set the baby. I mean, I just. It was so uncoordinated. So I mean, I looked like a circus with just <laughs> props. Um, that I mean, you can imagine how far from my house could I go? Right. Not very far. Like I needed to be in yeah. my comfort zone. I needed to be in my rocker. I saw three different lactation consultants in the beginning who who convinced me I needed to be, um, you know, I needed to have a footstool. Because oh, geez. <laughs> yes, yes, because the baby. So basically said, don't ever leave this
0: chair. Yeah. yeah. I know. And for you're a year. Doing it wrong because you're sitting wrong. But that's <laughs> yeah. be
2: exactly. I know because I had these lactation consultants saying, oh, no, her latch is perfect. Um, but, you know, she can sense she can sense the stress and anxiety. Oh, I mean, oh I mean my really? Lord. And so um, so I would I would go out whenever that was possible. And I would see these women. I mean, of course, I would just I would just flock to you would notice. That. I would notice. I mean, yeah. I would hone in on any woman out there breastfeeding and I would just sit there Probably watching too closely. <laughs>
0: just, <laughs> just staring. I know. Just
2: in disbelief. Like, how is she doing that? Like, she she's just draping this little discreet cloth napkin over her <laughs> regular t-shirt. And I'm not being flashed. And she's not, you know, naked to this world. But she's doing it so effortlessly. Now, granted, this was her third kid. Right. And granted, now I can do that. Yeah. Like, I'll go out, um, let's say, and I forget my, my nursing cover, which rarely happens. But... If I do, I will literally make do with, I mean, not quite a blade of grass. You know, I don't I don't do like Adam and Eve style, but um, but I can pretty much choose any article yeah. of clothing that that may
0: be rogue in the stroller. And just I mean, I managed to do it somehow. So let me ask you a question, because obviously I think a lot of moms can relate to this feeling like you need your accoutrement, your proper chair, your proper posture. Did that change at all with Anna Lee as she got older or was it like the whole first baby thing? <laughs> So the number
2: of props (laughs) diminished as she got older because I did become more skilled. Um, But until, I'm telling you, until I got my covered goods nursing cover, which wasn't until she was about maybe four months old, um, I literally felt like I needed to... Turn my back to mm. any people. Have people have a cover, <laughs> shield. a shield, um, a, a human shield, a human shield. I, I remember be, those days. Yeah, that I wouldn't be flashing the world. Um, and I felt, I literally felt like I was. Oh gosh, I'm, I'm suffocating her because I'm so uncoordinated. She's right. crying. It felt awkward. You feel even yeah. more flustered. Um, so it got better. But I, I did use my my breast friend pillow whenever we travel.
0: I always hear good things about that. I had a boppy. I did not have the my breast friend. And I, I had was. a boppy,
1: and I felt like it squeezed. Me. It was. I liked that it was so um, versatile. You could use it for a lot of stuff. But yeah. I did remember yes. thinking, like, whose waist is actually this size? <laughs> I remember having that <laughs> thought.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially postpartum. Yeah. Megan, I'm curious because you did have this very supportive, very pro-breastfeeding kind of attachment community around you do you think that made it easier to embrace like nurse anywhere culture yeah you do yeah so I mean with I my mean, first two yeah with my first two I was I was a lot more shy
1: about it and then I think also it could have just been the thing of I think but I think I just kind of got over it at some point with Isaac like maybe he was three or four months old and then with the rest of him it, it was just uh, no I would just do it with anywhere yeah. <laughs> I didn't really care but I was around friends who did it and I get you get good at it and the yeah, alternative I didn't really have like a good alternative like the nursing covers that were available were terrible and um I did have a mole at home that I would use if I was settling in like to watch TV with the right. baby in my lap and I knew she was going right. to fall or he was going to fall asleep. Then I would have all that stuff. But I just got really good at just wherever I was, whatever I had available. Yeah. If I had a friend near me, I'm like, I'm going to put my elbow on you. Right. Hold my elbow up. Right. Yeah. Like pass me a dish towel. <laughs> everyone, you take, everyone stack their purses so I can put my arm under it. I mean, just yeah. like, yeah, but it's different. It's I think that a lot of that was... Mm. The people that I was with, the fact that I hung with a lot of other experienced parents yes. and they were all nursing and I had been immersed in very nursing friendly culture for so long that I almost had like an attitude about it. Like, like what should don't you look at me or yeah. or look at me. I dare you. Yeah. So I, a little different. I think
0: I had like a happy medium actually. I had one close friend who had her baby just six months before mine and she, you know, like a lot of moms, struggled in the beginning, but then was a very confident nurser. Wasn't like wasn't extreme about it one way or the other, but I just remember her coming over and nursing at my house. And I, I ha- think even having one or two examples of people who can confidently breastfeed in public, but it is hard, man, especially, you know, when we talked about those struggles in the very early days, when you're trying to get the hang of things, it's like you just barely get the hang of things at home. And then you're terrified to change any of the variables. Yeah. Even if things are going well, it's like, well, I don't know if I can do this exact thing right, right. Out in the world. And then Megan, you and I have talked about that phase that babies go through where they get really distractible. And that was always like a public nursing thing for me. Yeah. My yeah. nursing cover, which was not the covered goods ones, like had one of those wire things. And I just remember the little hand coming up and like grabbing yeah. onto it and pulling the whole thing yes. down. And, <laughs> yep. So they get a little wilder. I, yeah. you know, so for me, it wasn't a modesty thing, but I do remember like seeking out quiet corners.
1: And they get sweaty. I mean, remember like, well, I mean, you're yes. doing this now, Katie, but I just remember that feeling of like nursing like a thrashing, sweaty baby and just I know. unpleasant.
2: I know. No, I'm currently in that mode. <laughs> Right now, in the heat, in the summer, under my cover, and I've got that little bucking bronco. Yeah, which is yeah. very
0: distractible and chunky, and, and all of yeah, those things. Yeah, so it's... no, it is so funny. I, okay, one more quick story about this because it's so perfect. But my, fr- I think I was like you. I don't think I had as many props, but I was definitely tied to like having the right environment the first yes. time. And um, I, re- I have this moment, this memory of the second time having a, he was tiny, six weeks old maybe, and we were at the indoor play area at a mall. And my two year old is running away. And oh. I am breastfeeding oh, a tiny goodness. infant, chasing my toddler through this crowded mall. And I just remember like feeling really proud of myself. Yeah. Like I could not, I was standing up and walking around and like multitasking <laughs> mm-hmm. and how far you improve. So uh, if you there's had moms made it, out there yes. who if you need your, your boppy and you like to nurse at home, I think that's okay. It's just, it's just nice to know that it won't always be that way, whether yes. it's with the first baby or the second baby.
2: So. Yeah. And actually, can I offer a really quick yeah. tip? Because I, I got this tip when I was new and I felt like it was a really good one. So practice, go out there and practice in like a low stakes environment. Yeah. Um, so I was actually recommended to go to, um, you know, a shopping center or something. And they often have those family bathrooms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just get yourself out in, A comfortable environment because you're going to find yourself eventually in some environment that you need to nurse. And so you might as well yeah a, a practice little bit yeah have I practice like run.
1: yeah I also did learn eventually how to nurse in a sling and I will tell you it was pretty life-changing except that oh, again I had impressive I had such chunky babies that it, like I just didn't want to carry them that long yeah <laughs> in a sling eventually but by the time I got figured out it was kind of like almost too late but I could see how yeah. that could be really yeah um, you have to have the right kind you really have to have one that's adjustable and can tighten up on the shoulder yeah to get your baby in the right spot but it kind of it shields you it shields
0: the baby and then yeah. you're like hands-free and, and yeah. I was like oh my goodness I wish I discovered this earlier well and that's a good point because if you are a brand new mom and your baby carrier like your moby wrap or your ergo or any of the others that we've talked about a lot of times they will show safe breastfeeding positions so it's worth googling that look for a youtube video yeah look for youtube (laughs) okay so megan we're gonna keep it moving sure okay through and yeah okay well um i think in
1: general i worried too much about weaning and I started worrying about weaning like way early when it wasn't even a thing yet. And I remember reading long tomes about breastfeeding and there was always a section or chapter at least. But some, in some of these books, they would like really take it to the extreme and like child friendly weaning and child led weaning and, you know, compassionate weaning. And blah, blah, blah. there's all these different ways to look at weaning. And I would really fret about it. And in the end, honestly, I ended up doing the like I'm going to go away for three days method of weaning because that was what worked for me at the age of my kids were they were never really good at like reducing it was sort of like if they saw me because i was winning them when they were older so if they saw me sit down they like, um okay. they were like here we go and so it was never a thing where they gradually tapered off like that did not happen to me with any of my kids okay
0: megan well over here at the mom hour we are big fans of our sponsor our place in fact you me and our team member katie were all comparing notes on our favorite product
1: Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to FromOurPlace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's FromOurPlace.com, code MOMHOUR. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. To claim this deal, go to Hayahealth.com slash mom hour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to hiyahealt com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Um, mm. But in the end, it just wasn't that big of a deal. And I wish I hadn't spent so much time. Like when I was ready to be done, I was done. And I was able to make that happen. Um, I also didn't go anywhere overnight with my first... Well, at least with Isaac and Will, um, until they were weaned, and then with the old, with, with the later ones, I like. I think I just went somewhere and was like, oh it's not the end of the world. My boobs didn't explode and they were still okay and like they didn't, didn't cry all night back. and my supply came back just fine. I remember actually going um, to a conference when Owen was a toddler. I don't remember exactly how old, maybe 16 months old and I thought, you know, I'm kind of done. When I get back, maybe this will be this will be it. And I got back and he kind of looked a little confused. Like, <laughs> it's kind of funny when you come back to a toddler who hasn't nursed in a few days. They're like, they kind of know what to do, but they're real weird about it. <laughs> like there's something <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> Yeah, and then you in and, and they have become suddenly monstrous in the time that you've been gone. So when you left, they were like this little baby. And then you come back and you're like, oh, my goodness, I'm nursing this enormous child. And so it takes you a couple of days to get kind of back into it. And that's always like for me was always prime weaning opportunity. It's like not hard to do. But I did come back and go, you know what? Nope, I'm not ready. I just needed a break. And I had yeah. taken a break. And then I nursed happily for, I don't know, another three or four or five months or something. So I just think that there's... um That is something that I worried way too much about. And I put, I stress myself out and I put way too much pressure on myself to do it right and not mess my kid up for life. And, you know, again, with the purism, there's just a lot of scare tactics and things that people very well-meaning like, like to say, um, that doesn't really help in the long run.
0: Well, and I'm sure you can probably speak to this a little bit more, but since you were definitely in this, um, child led, like kind of let your baby nurse as long as they want right I mean Mm -hmm. would would you say that was a pretty accurate
1: um yeah I mean some went that extreme some were like it's a relationship and you both have to be and you really have to like do it this certain way which is very gentle and takes forever and just didn't work it just didn't work for me Mm -hmm.
0: okay so the the part I was going to bring up was just for anybody who needs these words that it really is like it's okay to have opinions about your side of the breastfeeding relationship. And that's, I think that's true from the day the baby's born until you wean at the end. It is a relationship. And of course there's two sides to it, but you get, you get to feel the way you want to feel. Yes. About it's breast- your relationship. You get to choose. You hate it, Or including if like you, we all have expectations, right? So yours may have been wanting to nurse until they're two. Mine have, like, I really wanted to make it to one and I went past one with all of them, but. Not much. It was about 14 months and then right at a year. And then Violet was 17 months. So that was the longest. But whatever your expectations are, if you don't meet your own expectations, there's a lot of guilt involved. So mm-hmm. you get to you, your opinion about that relationship gets to change over time. And yes. I weaning is no different. So if you thought you'd want to breastfeed till they were three and a half and you find yourself done at a year, that's OK. Mm-hmm. If you know or the opposite, like I, I was not around a lot of um like extended breastfeeders when I had babies. So I actually felt like a lot of people had a goal of a year. That was the pediatrician's recommendation at that time. Um, but I felt like nobody went past a year. And so you might be on the other extreme. You might you might be around people who are weaning between six months and a year and find yourself not ready and your baby's not ready. And that's also okay. So it's just, yeah, there's so, it's such a loaded... It is loaded,
1: and and I like what you said. It's like you're allowed to feel however you want about your own relationship, but I think when we start to uh, put our noses too much into the way other people do things, that's a great thing to do, and that's that's what drives me the craziest about the purism. It's like everyone, nursing is a great thing to do, and like it's a great thing to do no matter how you do it. So just let people do it. (laughs) Just like get out of everyone's face. And there's one thing being helpful. um, And another thing when you are taking your opinions about your personal views and your personal relationship with breastfeeding and then trying to make it universal. And your experiences, everybody's got a different experience and just because something happened a certain way for you does not mean that's the experience of nine out of 10 other moms.
2: So. I agree. Or your next experience with your next child. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Okay, well, I'm going to jump in and do my next one. Okay. Um, And I actually mentioned this a long time ago in another episode, but it's worth repeating again because it's about pumping and specifically pumping at work. That four-letter word, (laughs) P-U-M-P. When you're away from your baby. So I went back to work after my first baby. She went to daycare. um, And uh, at three months, very, like, typical traditional story and I had my medulla in my bag and I was able to get enough breaks throughout the day but what I was so uptight about that now it's like humorous to me is you know the recommendations will say like try to pump at this uh, roughly the same times of day as you would nurse okay good enough like for me that would have been say 10 a.m 1 p.m 4 p.m like she was eating every three to four hours at that age three and a half months So I would, number one, I'd get totally hung up on taking that pump break at exactly 10 (laughs) a.m. Not surprising. We all know me. Number two, I really believed I had to produce in that pumping session the equivalent of what she was taking in a bottle two miles across town in her little daycare room. And she was a chunky baby. She was a good eater. And I remember it was, I think when she very first started, they were five ounce bottles. But very quickly, I was sending three six ounce bottles to daycare each time she went. For kind of a 10 a.m a 1 p.m and a 4 p.m bottle and i went into that little spare office thinking i had to pump six ounces of milk at 10 six ounces at one six <laughs> ounces at four well first of all your body doesn't work like that i was Second just thinking all, the same when your thing. baby nurses they don't get the exact same amount every time so right. the whole shift we had had a we had a pretty good first three months of nursing And then this pumping thing made me obsessed. I mean, you guys, I can see the line right now in my mind. I can see it and watching. And in the first few weeks, it wasn't as bad. My supply was really good. I had been sort of extra pumping at home to really boost my supply. But around the six, five, six month mark, you know, she started eating solids. My supply goes down. And lo and behold, I'm in there just like thinking that I'm not meeting that goal and that line and it was so silly there's a bunch of things I could have done I could have she was a good eater I could have supplemented with formula in my mind that was just out of the question but looking back I wish I would have like if I had sent two bottles and one bottle of formula that would have been fine or even if I didn't want to do that I could have told the daycare look I'm gonna nurse her I'm gonna double nurse her in the morning and I'm gonna nurse her right when she gets home so I'm just gonna send two bottles pretty soon she's eaten some solid foods at lunch like she's not gonna starve at daycare, she didn't have three six-ounce bottles. None of those things occurred to me. So it just was this sort of, it was where the book recommendations of, you know, you're, you're essentially trying to replace what, you, what she would be nursing with a bottle. It was like I took that to an extreme and a half. And, and I know I'm, I, I'm not alone because you sit in those pumping rooms. And like Katie said, it's like your only job right now right. is to get the milk out of your body and into those bottles. I wish I would have like... Covered up the ounce lines. Oh, like, they've done it blind because <laughs> when you're nursing a baby, you don't know how many ounces they take, right? You don't. I agree. Yeah. So uh, that was. I mean, I, I've outed my like super OCD about that one, but. Um,
1: but you know what, Sarah, I was not. I mean, you know that I'm a lot more relaxed about that stuff. But when I was, when Jacob had a hard time nursing at first, I was pumping a lot, and I was obsessive about the ounces too. It wasn't until I stopped pumping. And, well, and I pumped with Clara, but by that point, I kind of figured it out, <laughs> like how it yeah. works. But with the first one, I didn't know any better. And no one tells you any better. All the oh, books say, hard. all the books are just like this many ounces and this many ounces per feeding. And no one really, I mean, very few, no one is unfair, but like very few experts and very few uh, books and things and resources say like approximate or just count diapers or, you know, like your baby won't eat the same at every feeding. Yeah. yeah. I did the same thing.
2: It's hard not to be a slave to those numbers, and I feel like it's a particular challenge for working moms who that is their sole um, place to deposit the right. milk, you know it's not I mean so
0: you have to measure you're not even with your baby so yeah. it's like it's, it's so removed and yeah. it's just right. like your, your, your goal is to fill the fridge or whatever Yeah. I guess I wish I would have had a more seasoned mom that would have really helped like somebody who you know maybe I wouldn't have supplemented with formula maybe at that time that wouldn't have been the route that I went but hearing what other moms do I didn't know a lot of other moms whose kids were in infant daycare so I just didn't know what my options were you right. know, all I knew was what I had sent to daycare that morning and in my, you know, and then, you know, eventually I think I started, I would just wasn't meeting that ounce. I just wasn't doing it eventually. So then I was pumping on my off days um, and that was fine too. You know, I did it, but I, it was so short-sighted in retrospect, just so, just so limited in my thinking. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that segues
2: perfectly into my next one, which I don't want to be too redundant here, but basically I just had supply envy, exactly what we were talking about being a slave to those pumping ounces numbers. Mm. Um, I mean, it was bound to come up in conversation with my new mom friends. We'd be sitting around the lunch table talking about like, oh, well, how much did you pump this morning? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> um, you know, and I, I forgot. I mean, not that I, obviously I knew we weren't competing in the Olympics or anything, <laughs> but um, there was no gold medal being handed out for like eight ounces versus four <laughs> instance, collectively. collectively. Um, but but I even noticed uh Disparity between the left breast sometimes and the right breast. Like within myself, I even had a top performer. (laughs) Um, So I just, I really did. I just, again, like Sarah said, it didn't occur to me to think, well, look at your baby in comparison to that baby. That baby clearly is living off more milk on the land than my baby because my baby just doesn't need as much. And so your pumping supply will be commensurate to that what right. your baby needs um i remember just one other thing about pumping i remember one of my three lactation consultants got me on a pumping schedule so i thought w- all women just needed to pump mm-hmm. um, oh, okay. for a storage and then the second time around now with luke i mean that's why i mentioned the whole four letter word thing i will do anything yeah. in my pet <laughs> work. I rarely so pump i don't have to even look babies. at that pump yeah. Um, so I mean I just felt like oh well all women pump you must pump it gets your supply up it does all of these positive things pumping is a good thing to do but really
0: you you don't don't need to pump you don't have
1: to don't do it don't have to the other
0: thing I'll say about that this is like a side thing that happened is I after about a month about like you know waiting for the bottles to avoid the nipple confusion so I was doing everything by the book but I did know I was going back to work so after about a month introduced bottles and started pumping in addition to round-the-clock nursing, and I was... This was in the very early, you know, four or five weeks in, and that boosted my supply actually more than my baby could handle. So I dealt with more engorgement and more... um, I would spray. You know how, like, when Uh, when you let down? And she'd pull off and cry, (laughs) because it was, like... And I... It took me a a visit to the lactation consultant to realize that I had boosted my own supply. Now, maybe that had been my goal, but then I should have, and I think what I actually ended up doing is pumping for the first minute or so to let that, like let the spray happen and then latching her on after that. But that was almost too much pumping when I really probably didn't need to be doing it quite yet, you know, but I agree. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There is such, there can be such a thing as too much supply that you can't even keep up with oversupply. So yeah. yeah. So oversupply. Yeah. Hey, well, do you guys, this is a side note, but do you guys, yeah. did you ever feel like your breast pump talked to you?
0: Oh, oh. my gosh. Like the white noise sounds. Okay. Mine, said, think,
1: mine said, thank you.
0: <laughs> thank you. Thank um, you. I just remember the I remember the sound I don't know if I remember associating words but so so here's the
1: funny thing my sister and I had the same pump she had a pump I think she got it for free somehow like she didn't have to return it at the end so she gave it to me and she was convinced that it's we just talked about this the other day and she was convinced that hers said like um, yes please yes please and then when I had it I thought it was saying thank you so I think this just goes to show you that if you listen to a pump for too long you will start to lose your mind
0: yeah. Totally, and you it was, started out probably kind of crazy anyway. Right, 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 right. right, yeah. But at first, it was like, oh, it's
1: just noise, and then after a while, I'm like, it's talking to me. <laughs> the pump is talking. So. Oh my gosh, that's hysterical! <laughs> a very polite pump. Yes, yes, very, very polite. Super yeah, we're polite pump. I want to hear like I want people to write us and tell us that their pump talked to them. What that yeah, said because yeah, it might awesome. tell you something about the
0: state of mind you were in at the time too. That's really true. Well, you are in the Midwest. It's very polite. <laughs> it's very pump, polite. We're very nice. Pumps, say please and thank you. It wasn't um, like more milk. <laughs> More milk. <laughs> um, Katie, I wanted to ask you on the subject of supply and yes. I don't remember it coming up in new mom conversations, but have you seen social media brags about people with excessive, like people who store and like even sell their excessive. I have followed a couple of people who I'm just going to come out and say it like sort of Shots? flaunt, flaunt, flaunt excess milk supply. And I can see oh if you were goodness. an insecure new mom that that would be really hard. I just think it's right. kind of a, kind of an odd thing to post. Is this like extreme about. couponing, except for breast milk? Yes. Kind of. <laughs> it would be like, look how much I saved, and look at my shopping cart. It's, yes. Look at my deep freezer in yes. the garage, and I can't keep up, so I'm selling this milk. Now, granted, if you are able to help another mom, I don't know much about passing on breast milk. I'm not even going to go there, but I don't think a big supply is a bad thing, but I just, in terms of su- having supply envy, Yeah, I didn't start seeing those posts until I was well past this, but I can see how that would be a super trigger. It would be like, look how much weight I lost or look how much, oh, you know, right. like a it, badge. it gets right at the
2: insecure point, I oh, would think. Oh, absolutely. I didn't see social media posts so much, but my friends, I mean, they would definitely boast the deep freezers and talk about, you know, methods of organization yeah. and how Uh, how their partners would actually not treat it like the gold that it was and, you know, like it was a dime a dozen. But at that point, it kind of
0: was a dime a dozen. Yeah, right. They had so much excess. I think this is like a really good way to like start to summarize. One of the things I think in general that I didn't realize is that breastfeeding is like any other bodily function. And forgive me while we talk about bodily functions for a minute, but no body is the same. And also individual bodies have ebbs and flows just like we talked about so it's not you're not a robot right and i think the the well-meaning experts and the books and the recommendations they don't do a good job and maybe it's just too hard to to be nuanced but it's very so much i mean if you think about other bodily functions like you know the way you eliminate waste or your <laughs> monthly cycle mm-hmm. right mean, you don't sit around comparing that but it's not going to look the same as the next person, right? And you and your body is not going to look the same one week to the next. I mean, with in terms of supply, worry about supply. I, I remember thinking supply kind of only went down. It was like it's you know went up in the first few days, and then it kind of leveled out after a couple weeks, and then after that, you you better keep it up or it's going to go away. And Megan, I'm glad you brought up going away for the night. Um, yeah, because I would never have thought I could do that without pumping a few times like while I was away. Remember, Megan, when I came to Atlanta, Violet was about 14 months. We went to a conference and I brought my pump. I I guess I was gone for three or four days. So maybe maybe I would have anyway. But I think with that third kid going away for a night or like you said, Megan, maybe even two nights if they're a toddler that your supply could actually still be there. That never yeah. To me. I really thought it was like this, it like grabbing onto this silk scarf that's being pulled away. From yeah. me. Like that's how I felt yeah. about supply. And yeah. I, yeah, no, I it comes
1: back. Me. It's your body is so awesome. The way it like responds to the day before. So what I would find is if I, uh, you know, when, um, if I, you know, if you have a, a sick baby and you nurse yes. a lot one day, the next day, how your supply is crazy. Yep. It was like that. And so like the first day I was uncomfortable. And so I pumped just enough to kind of keep the discomfort down. I wasn't right. really, I didn't have any place to store it anyway. Um, and this was a toddler, so they were already eating food and right. stuff. Um, and then after that, it was like, I had to n- pump a little, in fact, with Clara, I want to say I went someplace when she was about a year and I was gone for several nights and came back and it was no problem. And it was, I was a little uncomfortable and then a little, you know, a little less. And I, I did pump just to, just cause I didn't want to get engorged and totally dry up. I did worry yeah. about that. And then it took a couple of days to get back into the swing of it. But again, she was old enough that she was eating enough other foods that didn't really matter. Um, I was more worried about her going to sleep without me. And it turned out once mom is not anywhere nearby, it's not really a problem. Like, you know, it's like I I was kind of worried that she wouldn't because I sometimes still nurse her down for naps at that point. And I wasn't an option. Yeah. So. So she she just went to sleep. It wasn't like a big deal. And yeah, I just again, it's your body's smarter than that. It is. I read these old books about like, you know, and this used to make me really uncomfortable. I was just, I think it was maybe Outlander, one of those series, like an old fashioned series Mm -hmm. where like this mom of a new baby has to like, go find her husband who's been kidnapped by, I don't know, pirates or something. I don't remember. And I'm reading this, and when I remember reading it as a nursing mom, being really uncomfortable, like, how can she do that? Her supply is going to dry up. And then, you know, it's just so funny. Like, that was where my mind would go. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And,
0: yeah, I would even add that with older babies, I continued to... Embrace like a four-hour maximum. And with Reed and Violet, I really, like Katie said, I, I did not pump unless I really had to. So I almost didn't even, the pump got pretty dusty in the cupboard with those second and third babies. But um, once my babies were eating solids, I mean, forget the overnight, I could have just not worried about a six or seven or eight-hour day if I yeah. had something planned. And I, you know, even, with, I would say even with the third baby, I was so used to that interval. It's like the four right. hour interval happens and you think, well, the baby must be dying. Right. <laughs> right. I must <laughs> be about to explode. And again, all of this happens, I think, because the learning curve at the beginning is intense and we learn these tips and tricks to get going. And then, gosh, the beauty of then letting those go and just letting it be a little bit more. That's what makes it fun, right? Like that's where the fun the part do that. Yes, that's where it's fun. And I always I often thought that I. I nursed as long as I did and not as long as you, but because I was able to get to that fun part, even for all this worrying that I'm sharing, I really got to the point where it was relatively easy with all three kids. And, I, you know, that's the goal. And it, sometimes yeah. we we put so many roadblocks in front of ourselves for that goal.
2: This advice is actually helping me because um, I nursed Luke, who's 11 months old, still four times a day. And we just I just hosted a baby shower this past weekend. And I texted my husband already saying, are you guys on your way? Because I really need to nurse Luke. <laughs> so it, it gives me a pass uh, right, for a longer yeah. chunk of time away if need be. Yeah. And so I'm,
0: thank yeah. you. I'm you reassured. Get pass, I get good. a pass. See, we even yeah. You get a did. pass. Thank you guys. Oh, I love it. This has been a really awesome discussion. So I did throw out on Facebook, um, this same question to our community and Eddie, I just did it a few hours ago. This episode won't air for another week. So I imagine this is going to be an ongoing conversation. I'll link to it in the show notes. But if you are struggling in any way, go read that those Facebook comments. Um, there's so many things we didn't mention, like feeling bad about not nursing or not Mm. feeling bad about not nursing feeling like you should feel bad about not nursing and not feeling bad and then feeling bad about that (laughs) so there's such a wide range of experiences and that facebook thread is it's already just really amazing to see what people wish they could have given themselves a pass about and in doing so hopefully we're giving moms a pass right now like Mm -hmm. we just gave katie a pass to not like she has to nurse every four hours so Go read that for sure. Um, I feel like we can start to wrap up. And I do want to remind listeners about Covered Goods, um, the multi-use nursing cover. You can go to CoveredGoods.com, use promo code TheMomHour to save 10%, and then head over to our Instagram to see if you could maybe win one for you and a friend. Our Instagram is at TheMomHour. And once you're there and see that post, you'll see everything to do. If you forget all of this, it's all in the show notes at TheMomHour.com. And if
1: this, I could go so. back, if I could go back in time, I would do that right now. So just letting you all know.
0: <laughs> yes. Things we wish we would have done is have a covered <laughs> yeah. goods nursing cover. Um, so yeah, episode 114 at themomhour.com. Katie, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Yeah, for this having. was so it's fun. Super has been fun. so fun. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.
1: The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica.
0: Keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data.
1: Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code theMOMHour. Go to Erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P, and use code theMOMHour to save 20%. Hi everyone, Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening, and leave the mom hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us. And it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So when you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the Mom Hour just above the play button and then scroll all the way to the bottom and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening.